0: better have been my wife. Okay. (laughs) Don't feel like that was her section. So honey, I was going to say today's a weird morning, but that goes without saying at this point, (laughs) today is a weird morning for me. Um, as many of you know, uh, today is my last sermon as your teaching pastor. Uh, That doesn't mean I won't be back here. I'm actually scheduled in October and November and December. Um, But as of this upcoming Wednesday, I'll no longer be on this staff. Um, And it has been an amazing three years. I I, want to just start by saying thank you. Uh, Thank you for your love and support. Thank you for uh, caring for me and my family. I want to say a special thank you to... I see Michelle here and some other staff members. Thank you to the staff uh, who are like family members to me. Uh, if you don't know this already, you have one of the greatest staffs around. Uh, this This staff here is uh, second to none. Uh, they love you. They love Jesus. Uh, and they work tirelessly to help uh, grow the kingdom of God here in the Gallatin Valley and beyond. And so uh, thank you so much to the staff who've made me feel so warm and welcome. And uh, thank you to friends. I see a bunch of faces around here. Um, thank you to my friends who are super supportive. Um, yeah, don't do that. Okay. Um, <clears throat> thank you. Thank you. Thank you uh, to all of you for all of the encouragement, the support. Um, the love and even the the nasty emails that some of you have sent me, thank you for those i 'm good with it i 'm really, I'm really good with it. I know when they 're coming usually, so I'm like, oh, there it is, all right, so um, it has been an adventure. <clears throat> Bob asked me after the first gathering how I was doing, and i 'm like i 'm a mixed bag, man i 'm a mixed bag right now because honestly there 's so much uh, that we packed into the last three years, some of it. Um, none of us, none of us saw it coming, and so uh, a good chunk uh, of the last three years was a, a huge learning curve and um, and I hope that I planted some seeds that will sprout and grow that 's what we 're going to talk about today. <clears throat> my hope is that along the way uh, with my humor and uh, with my two by four uh, sometimes uh, in my teaching, uh, that I planted some seeds in your life that will Uh, Germinate and sprout and grow into something even greater. And and I do think uh, the best days are ahead for journey. So thank you, thank you, thank you um, to you guys. Uh, Let me transition this way. How did we get here? So for you visitors, welcome to Weird Sunday. This is like when your uncle's like, hey, I have an announcement to make. You're like, oh, this is a weird family gathering. Okay, all right. So like, um, we're glad you're here too. Uh, but how did we get here? Well, there's a bit of a story behind that. In 2021, I was feeling a sense of stuckness. I don't even know that's a word, but, but I'm using it. Stuckness. Uh, that I was just feeling stuck. That I was feeling this sense um, that I wasn't exactly where I was supposed to be in terms uh, of, of where I was, uh, even as a husband and uh, a dad and professionally. And so I began to engage this question around... Um, What's keeping me from becoming the man that I think God wants me to be? And so I started engaging that question. I actually went and spent some time uh, with a life planner and uh, a guy by the name of Lance, who has become a dear, dear friend of mine, helped me to write out uh, a whole uh, life plan and, and a legacy statement. The legacy statement is to live fully and adventurously by passionately following Jesus, lovingly leading my family and boldly guiding leaders. And he led me through this process of, of uh, self-exploration, a bunch of assessments, and working through uh, two days of planning. And as I finished that, and in the subsequent months after that, I started asking Lance, hey Lance, do you think I could do what you do, but do it with the backdrop of Montana? And so we began this conversation around something um, that I'm calling Legacy Guides. It's my new um, business endeavor. And the heart of it is around helping guys get unstuck. Guys that are stuck or are saying, what's next in my life? Uh, We've built out this curriculum, a two-day curriculum for us to go on an adventure, hunting, fishing, hiking, skiing, choose your own adventure. uh, And along the way, we build out a legacy plan so that by the end of it, you have a renewed sense of purpose you have an actionable plan. I just did one this past week with a guy. 120-day actionable plan that we put together at the end of our time together. Uh, and then people along the way. What I would love is to build a brotherhood uh, of men who want to be the husbands that they're supposed to be, the fathers they're supposed to be, the leaders they're supposed to be, the men of God that they're supposed to be. I have a passion and a heart for that. Uh, and so that's my new endeavor. If you want to hear more about it, we'd love to talk to you. Uh, legacyguides.org. Uh, .net, and people already found some, some typos, so have, have at it, okay? Um, and uh, I couldn't afford .com yet. So, LegacyGuides.org, check that out. Um, here's the question. What's your legacy? That's what's leading us in this morning. What's your legacy as we continue this series on Jesus the Storyteller? We finish up this series on the parables What is the legacy that you are leaving? I've heard some people say back to me, boy, legacy, that sounds like a big statement, but I I just define it really simply. The legacy of a person is the story that someone else tells. The legacy of someone is just the story that someone else tells. See, there's this morbid thought that someday you'll die, okay? But it's going to happen 100%. Well, actually, the one guy, but we can talk about him later. But in this room, we're all going to come to the end of our earthly days. And on that day, on some stage, in some forum, at some church, people will get on a stage and they will tell your legacy. They will tell a story about you. And you won't be there to tell your own story. They will share the story of you with others. That is what your legacy is. And so my question for you this morning is, what is the story Others are telling. And is it a story worth telling? Is it a story that's worth telling? Is it an accidental story or is it an intentional story? Is it a story that you'd be proud of or is it a story that you're fearful of? What is the story that is being written in your life right now that someday others will tell? What is your legacy? We'll be in Mark chapter 4. 30-34 30-34 through 34 this morning, because that's going to help us answer this question around legacy. I just want to give you a couple of thoughts this morning to think more about what is the legacy that you are leaving, and maybe how can you take some simple steps to leave a better legacy behind you. So we're in Mark chapter 4, 30-34, called the parable of the mustard seed. The parable of the mustard seed. Jesus says, again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on the earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all the garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade, With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He didn't say anything to them without using a parable, but when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything. I want us to take some time to think about two simple lessons out of this short story about a mustard seed and the plant that grows out of that See, two simple lessons for us, because one of the things I've learned throughout this series together, is that Jesus has these simple, understandable lessons for us that can help us in very tangible ways. And I think Jesus calls us to a simple obedience to Him, a couple of years ago. So i up in Big Sky, I was pastoring up there, and I was doing a summer series on the book of Psalms, and one of my favorite pastors and authors who uh, did kind of a, a rewrite on the Bible, a, a, like a poetic version of it, we'll call it, called The Message, his name is Eugene Peterson, he passed away a couple of years ago, and right before, maybe two years before he passed away, uh, I sent him a letter. So I sat down and I wrote old school letter. I thought, oh, I, I've got a lot to thank him for. He has just been a mentor of mine through his books. And I also have some questions about one of his books, about the Psalms, that maybe I can share with my congregation up there in Big Sky. And so I, I sent that off and I thought, I'll probably never hear from me. He's a super busy guy, really important. And the next Wednesday, I get an email back from Eugene Peterson, from Pastor Pete say, hey, Brian, so glad to get your letter. Uh, here's some ideas for you. And he went on to just tell me some things that I was wondering about the book of Psalms and about his book, Answering God. And we began to kind of have a little pen pal relationship with him. And he left an impression upon me. He left a legacy upon me. I have a story to tell about Eugene Peterson. One of his other books is called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. A long obedience in the same direction. And what he talks about in that book is that the Christian faith is simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. So we want to take two simple lessons out of this parable today. Number one is start small, start small. There's a video at the end of this whole um, gathering today with some embarrassing things about me. And so just, you know, prepare your hearts for that, I guess. I, I don't know. You should pray about it. But um, um, <laughs> one of the things I don't usually get described as is small or quiet. I know it's a big surprise, big surprise, right? Um, big and loud. That's what I usually get Pegged as, and so I'm like, yeah, I I can embrace that. I like, I'm a, I'm a pretty big guy, and and I have a loud personality. Um, But I'm convicted in this little passage about the smallness of the seed and the importance of. The small. Because sometimes we get that messed up. We, we get that messed up, like we get in relationship with somebody like me, and you're like, you're a big personality, big presence, you're gonna do big things with your life. Or we say things like this to our kids. You can do whatever you put your mind to in this life. Like my parents told me that, and I was like, I wanna be an astronaut. Guess what? I'm not, you guys, an astronaut, right? You wanna know why? Because math is hard, okay? <laughs> really hard. And so I found studying the Bible to be much more life-giving and I could figure it out much more quickly. But, but that was this big idea. I, knew, I know what my parents were doing there. I know what we as parents are doing there when we paint these big pictures for our kids. But can we be really, really honest? Like most of us don't achieve those kind of grandeur plans, these greatness plans. Most of us never achieve that. And and I wanna just say to you and to me, that's okay. Some of the most impactful things in your life are the smallest. See, I'm more convinced that it's, it's not the grand things of life that change things, but the simple, small steps of obedience over and over and over again that multiply and then create a larger difference. And that's what this story is all about. See, I've got a mustard seed right here in my hand. Do you see it? I don't, I do not. I, there's no mustard seed there, okay? I know you were like, ah, oh, I can't see like I used to. Nope. I don't need one, because that's how small they are, right? They're the tiniest little thing. There's no difference between me holding my fingers like this and me actually holding a mustard seed. The mustard seed, as Jesus would say, is one of the smallest seeds, And yet, when it is planted, it does something. There's something about a seed, something small about a seed that is important. I want to think about a couple different aspects of the seed. Seeds have great potential. Like, they're small, but they have great potential. In fact, they have the potential of life, right? They have the potential of doing more. One small thing at a time that produces more and more and more. I think what Jesus is encouraging us to think about is that we have potential within us. We are like the seed. The church is like the seed. It has the potential to reach many people for the kingdom of God. It's expansive in nature. But it's not that it just has potential. It's that there's something going on below the soil, Can I push you a little bit? I'm gonna, okay? I didn't see a lot of knots. I'm gonna go for it though, okay? What is going on under the surface for you? Really, what is going on under the surface? What are you cultivating in your lives right now? I did this and the first service was really honest. So I'm asking you to be honest as well, okay? How many of you, and I want you to raise your hand really high, Okay, because otherwise the one person gets really embarrassed, okay? So everybody who did this, raise your hand really high. How many of you, the first thing you did this morning was you picked up a phone? Raise them really high, seriously, seriously. Raise them, raise them, raise them, raise them, raise them. Okay, keep them up, keep them up, keep them up. How many of you, the last thing you did last night before you went to bed was grabbed a phone or put down a phone? Keep them up, keep them up, because there's more hands going up. Okay, okay, put them down. That stole your soul, What are you cultivating? What's going on under the surface? I'm not saying your phones are evil. I might say that about social media, but I'm not saying your phones or technology are evil. What I what I am saying is, what are you what, like? What's growing underneath? What's growing underneath? So another passage I memorized a long time ago. It's just this beautiful passage where Jesus says, "How the overflow of a man's heart, his mouth speaks." Out of the overflow of a man's heart, his mouth speaks. See, a seed, that has to do all this work underneath the soil. It germinates, and it begins to sprout, and it begins to finally come up out of the ground before you even get to see it, before anything's visible. There's so much that's happening underneath the surface. What is happening underneath the surface in your life right now? Is it cultivating life? Is is it headed in the trajectory of producing life or is it not? Seeds have great potential. They they take time for visible results because there's a lot going on under the surface and and they need the, the right conditions to grow. What conditions are around your life? Any farmer worth his salt knows, right? Too much rain is gonna hurt the seed, too little rain is going to hurt the seed. Not the right pH in the soil is going to hurt the seed. Right? Too much uh, heat is going to hurt the seed, but just the right amount of heat is going to help the seed. What is the condition of the soil in your life, in your family, at your job? How are you allowing that seed to germinate and grow? What kind of soil is it growing and Jesus would encourage us to start small, start small, start with those little habits, those little things in your life. As I've started to build out this curriculum for legacy guides, there's a bunch of books that I end up recommending to my clients, um, books like Atomic Habits, At Your Best, Essentialism, Stolen Focus, Digital Minimalism, Winning the War in Your Mind, The Anatomy of the Soul. And do you know what all those have in common? And I could go on. I've got bookshelves and bookshelves of these books. Do you know what they have in common? They all point to the simple, small, habitual things in our lives that make the big difference. They would all bring us back to this idea that it's simply our habits and rituals and routines of our life, the sum of those that make us who we actually become. This is the thing I'm learning the most when I'm around leaders and when I'm leading them through these legacy guides. It's actually these simple habits, these simple things that make the biggest difference. So start small. If you're not reading your Bible, read your Bible tomorrow. I can't read much. I don't know how to read. Fine, Read one psalm tomorrow. Read, read a half of a chapter. Read two or three lines. That passage that I mentioned earlier, for out of the overflow of, a, of his heart, a man speaks. Out of the overflow of his heart, the man speaks. I sat on that one passage for an entire drive home from college to Denver. It was like a 10-hour drive. 10-hour drive. I just considered that one passage Verse, start small. You can do this. Have you not prayed? Pray. Tomorrow. Just start. Start talking to God. Like, hey, God, a little uncomfortable for me. <laughs> I haven't done this before. He's good, right? The Lord's Prayer Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's a good place to start. Start small, but start. Okay? Start small. That's number one. Number two is this keep growing. Keep growing. You start small, and then you keep growing. Let's keep going with this thought. So personally, what does that look like for you? How do you start out every day? So one of the exercises that I do on Legacy Guides is that we actually chart out the morning ritual. And we say, okay, what is your morning routine? And is that morning routine setting you up for the best day you can possibly have? Like, it does that day, inc- does that morning include uh, some sort of spiritual development, some sort of mental development, some sort of physical development? What, what, what does that look like for you? And we get really specific. We say, okay, from this time to this time, what are we doing? From this time to this time, what are we doing? And there's an intentionality about us growing. Too many, I'm going to, I'm going to push on you men a little too many of you are li- living accidentally too many you know why I know that because I was too you are living accidentally and you're not getting the results that you want and I would go well what do you expect what do you expect if you just live accidentally you just wake up and you're like well I'll just do kind of whatever comes to me today are you serious like, God puts you on this earth for 75 plus or minus years. What are you going to do with your one life? If you are a follower of Jesus, then Jesus compels you to think about this intentionally. Just like Pastor Brian Preby last week. I know, super confusing. Brian, Brian, there was a founder, Pastor Brian. If he ever leaves, probably, some new Brian will probably pop up. I'm just telling you, Right? Pastor Brian Prevey last week talked about what happens if we would just do two intentional acts of love between now and Christmas. And he did the math on this and said somewhere around 25,000 people would be helped just by journey. What are we doing intentionally to grow? Are you praying? Are you journaling, reading scripture? Are you spending time in silence? Solitude, listening for the voice of God? How are your relationships? How do you see your finances? Are you willing to, to take those things, hold on to them, and say, This is my responsibility? No one else has been given this great gift of responsibility. And so I'm going to step into this responsibility and keep growing. I had somebody come up to me after the first gathering. And he was all excited. And he is in, for sure, the second half, right? For sure, the second chapter of his life. And he's talking about this whole new endeavor that he is pursuing in, in, in the last couple chapters of his life. And he's invigorated by it. He was excited by it. He's like, I am growing and I'll never stop growing. Keep growing, church. As a church, we lay out a pathway for you, Right? simple pathway around here. You've heard this ad nauseum and you will hear it more ad nauseum. And it is this, we gather here together and then we connect in journey communities and then we serve together on serve teams and then we give because our God is generous. These are the steps that we take as a church and I want us to keep growing. I want us to start small and I want us to keep growing individually and as a church church. God has great responsibility for you as an individual and great responsibility for us as a church. We have been put in a strategic location at a strategic time in history in this valley. And that is not on accident. So we do not get to act accidentally we get to act intentionally based upon the responsibility that God has bestowed upon us, church. This is my this is my challenge to you because I thought a lot about what am I going to say in my last sermon. I like I'm pulling out two by fours here, people. Okay, <laughs> like I'm not I am not swinging for a single at the moment. All right, like I think God has great. Great plans for you, just like the little mustard seed that grew up into the garden. And the beauty of the picture is it grew so much that the birds were able to nest in its branches and find shade and protection in its branches. This is a picture of us as a church and us individually. What are we producing? What is growing out of our lives, what is growing out of our church? God has given us an I- incredible opportunity to start small and to keep growing. And I want to end with this. Well, well how, how do we do that? It sounds like a lot of like manufacturing energy this morning, Brian. I know you're like trying to challenge us here at the end. I like it. Let's go. I don't want, well, actually, I do want you as a client. That'd be fun, but I don't want you to get burned out, but I do because then you'll, anyway, job security. Okay, so. (laughs) I want you to function at at your highest for the longest. I want you to grow in width and in depth. I want you to grow in the grace and the wisdom of Jesus. I want you to start small and I want you to, keep growing, but I want you to do it the right way. And that's why we're going to end uh, with communion. We're going to end celebrating the Lord's meal. Because we have a Savior who modeled this for us. He started small with 12, 12 disciples. He started small. He started small in this little town called Bethlehem, where he gave up his heavenly Throne to become fully God and fully man. He started small and, and then, and then he, he grew. Hundreds followed him. Thousands followed him. And now millions upon millions upon millions have followed him since. And his name is Jesus. And he gave his life for you. The meal we participate in represents the body and the blood of Jesus shed for you. And as I was considering, how am I going to end? This is how I'm going to end. Everything I've done for the past three years, I have done prayerfully hoping that it would magnify Jesus. Because it begins with Jesus and it ends with Jesus. And it doesn't matter who your teaching pastor is or your lead pastor or your worship pastor because the pastor that you need is Jesus. And our our lives, our families, our marriages, our country, our world needs Jesus so badly right now. And so we lift up the name of Jesus. We proclaim the name of Jesus. We give all honor and we give all glory and we give all praise to the only one who is due that and his name is Jesus. As the worship team comes and sings about this great love of Jesus bestowed upon us, lavished upon us, wants to come up here and consider how God is calling us to start small and how he's compelling us to grow in him, fueled by him, by his grace and truth and love that you will find in this meal and in your life. And and if you maybe have never taken this meal, maybe this is your moment to say, I respond to you, Jesus. I respond to who you are I'm going to start really small and I'm just going to participate in this meal praying that you will grow me into who you want me to be. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that we would embrace this simple story and not just this one, but all those simple parables and stories that we've heard throughout the summer that they would impress upon us the faith that you Desire that they would remind us of the grace that is given freely to us. God, that they would shape our identity in you. And Jesus, I pray now that you would nourish us through this meal. The body and blood of you shed for us on our behalf for the forgiveness of sins that we may have new life in you. As we do this, we remember your great sacrifice. We love you, Jesus, and we ask this all in your precious name. Amen. Thanks for engaging with this content. If it was encouraging to you, we'd love for you to leave a review. Hit that subscribe button and share this content with others. We'd also love to connect with you. The best place to do that is journeyweb.net. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search Journey Church Bozeman and you'll find us there. If you'd like to give to our ministry, you can do that now at journeyweb.net slash give. Once again, thanks for engaging with Journey Church.